Good morning, Grace. Glad you guys could be with us today. As usual, first service, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Sam Ferris. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Grace. I'm glad you guys could be here with us today. But today we're going to continue on with our sermon series in the book of Deuteronomy. And we're coming to a change because this is the end of our sermon series on Deuteronomy. And we look forward to stepping into Joshua. But there's a lot going on in these last four chapters that we're going to touch on. I'm not going to be reading all four of them. I'm just going to hit on some bits and pieces that, I, that God's laid on my heart that I think he wants us to hear and know and to act on. But we're going to see that the people are going through change. They're going through a major change. And the more and more that we went through the book of Deuteronomy, the more and more this title of the sermon series is truthful, that the best is yet to come. For the people of Israel, the, the best for them was always yet to come. And the same is for us, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But they were going through change. They were going through lots of changes. And, I, and if they were anything like me, they struggled with that. Say, I do not like change. I just do not like it. Even sometimes if the change is good, and I know it's from God, I still struggle with it. It's like the time change. Who likes getting dark at 4.30? Sherry? Gee whiz. Well, everybody but Sherry likes more daylight. But the, t- the time change, I, it takes a long time to get used to. I, I complain about it all the time. Why can't we just leave it? It's not my decision. I don't like it. Can't change it. Then if I could change it, I'd probably struggle with it. But the good thing, that it getting dark at 4.30, it does get me out of doing some yard work when I get home. But like, I, I got a lot of leaves to rake. But look at the time. It's getting dark. I like it. But then I wake up the next morning and I see all the leaves on the ground. I'm like, oh, I've got a lot of work to do. Just no time to get it done. So there's, there's trade-offs, right? The, the other night we were, we were upstairs and just relaxing and Carson was playing. And all of a sudden he just stopped. He's, he looked out the window. He's like, oh, it's bedtime already. I'm like, no, but it's just, it's just 6 o'clock. We're good. Now, if you're Sherry, you're in bed. We all know that now. But the change is hard. Change is hard. And people react to it differently. Each one of us in here react to change differently. The, that Moses was going through a change in this time. The people of Israel that he was leading were be going through a change. Joshua was going through a change. So in the closing chapters of Deuteronomy, we're going to see all these changes. God's people was going through a transition They were going through a transition of a new leader. They were going through a transition of their home. They were going through a transition of their lives. See, Moses is going through change. His season was changing. His time on earth was coming to an end. Actually, this was his last season. This is his last act. This last testimony to his people. And it's his last song. His last song. And so we're going to look at a few of these examples today in Deuteronomy. 
But when we do this, when we read through his word, I want you to put yourselves in the shoes of Moses and Joshua and the people of Israel, or their sandals, I should say. But think about it. Think about their perspective on things and how it relates to your walk with God, how it relates to your, to your life. Because God has been speaking to Moses, and Moses is relaying these messages to his people. But God is not just speaking to Moses and the Israelites. He's also speaking to us. And so we can't just let the Old Testament be just empty words. They have to speak to us because God is wanting to tell you something today through these changes. And it's fitting that every time I get up here, every time that, that we prepare a message and God lays something on my heart, it's for me first. That I get preached to first. That someone that struggles so much with change is speaking about change today and don't be worried and afraid. So I'm preaching to myself today and I'm probably preaching to most of you that have struggled with change. But we're going to use these situations and these Old Testament texts to teach us teach something about ourselves, to teach us something about and who God is in our lives. The first lesson that we're going to learn today through Moses and the last words of Moses is that fears come with change. I can't think of a better time to where I was so excited and so fearful at the same time that I almost passed out. I've never passed out before, but I came so close the, the, the room started to spin. I couldn't see anything. It's when the day that Sarah showed me her pregnancy test. Fear and excitement all at the same time. And it almost was unbearable. It almost took me down. Fear, anxiety, but excitement all at the same time. And my body almost couldn't handle it. But those fears, those changes, I thought, how in the world can we do this? How in the world can we do this? But I was so excited. I was already, you know, planning out what toys that, that we were going to pick out and what sports they were going to play. All that, right, instantly. All that pressure. And see, we waited for long. We waited for eight years. We waited. I some nanny back there. But we were all, we we were teachers. We always were in the youth ministry and the children's ministry. So we always had our kids. We, we were always surrounded by kids. But that day finally came. And the fear and the excitement was all rolled up into one. And see, sometimes our fears and our anxieties also bring about excitement. See, this is a new chapter for God's people. Some were scared. Some were excited. Some really didn't care at all, and then for the most of them, just like us, it, they were both. They had that fear, but they were also just so excited. They were almost on the verge of passing out. But we're going to focus in and listen to the words that God's telling Moses and the words that Moses relays to his people and how they apply to our lives. But before we do that, let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you this day that we thank you for your presence we thank you for your holy spirit that's already here that's already circling among us that's already stirring our hearts through song through worship that your presence is already here with us today lord i pray that you speak to our hearts today that you open up our hearts that you open up our minds that you open up our ears that we hear your word lord speak through me lord teach us something today speak to us we thank you for these words. We thank you for
for the lessons that you teach us through Moses and Joshua. Lord, as we go through your, your word, let it speak to us. Lord, we thank you in everything. We lift up everyone in this room today. Just open our hearts and our ears. Speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to be skipping around a little bit. Again, I've got four chapters to cover, and I don't have that much time. So I'm just going to be skipping around. Jeff done a, a fantastic job of keeping up with me earlier, and so I've got faith in that he's going to do the same in second service. So we're going to start in chapter 31. I'm going to start in verses 1 through 3. And again, I'm going to be skipping around, so most of it will be up on the Sky Bible. Some of it may not be, but just, just bear with me. Verse 1. It says, when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old. I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River. And we know that because he was disciplined by God, because he didn't trust God. And so this was his punishment. Sometimes God needs the punishment to wake us up. Sometimes he needs to punish us to, to teach us a lesson. This was Moses' lesson. That Moses, you got them to this point. You can see the promised land right there, but yet you're not able to go to it. But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river, just as the Lord had promised. Verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua and as all as Israel watched, he said to him, be strong and courageous. See the theme here? Be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors that he would give them. You're the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you or abandon you. So we're seeing a, a theme here about do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I'm going to go before you. Because remember, Moses was going through a change. His people were going through a change Joshua was going through a pretty big change. So the first thing he wants his people to know, the, the first thing that God wants us to know is that God with us means that when everything changes, when everything in your life changes, and you seem like you have no control over the changes in your life, that when everything changes, nothing actually changes. Nothing actually changes. Do not fear change. God is in control. God is in control. That's coming from someone that struggles with change. That I had to constantly tell myself in that season of change that he is in control. I am not. He is. See, our transitions and our changes in life, they're, they're unique to everyone. They're unique. My changes, my circumstances, my transitions in life is different than yours. But those feelings... Those feelings, those fears, and their anxieties, they're often felt universally. Everyone feels those. It could be something as major as a career change, 
a death in the family. I know that our congregation, they're going through a lot of change in their families right now. We've had a lot of, a lot of death. We've had people being sick. So a lot of people are going and dealing with change right now. They're dealing with tough, hard circumstances. They have anxieties and they have fears. And they have the struggles to keep their faith in God and let Him be in control. But three times, Moses tells his people, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I will be with you. I will go before you. And why is he having to repeat himself so much? Because sometimes it's hard for us to listen. He wants us to know these things. He wants us to know that no matter what we're going through, no matter what those changes are in life, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what our season in life is, that he is always in control. We are not. He is. He is. But you, you say, Moses, he doesn't know what I'm going through. God, he doesn't hear what I'm going through. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. I want you to know whatever your fears or anxieties are, that God is in control and he's going before you. He wants you to be strong and courageous. And you cannot be strong and courageous on your own. You have to be strong and courageous in your faith in God. You have to be strong and courageous in the faith that know that he is going before you. God tells us he will go before us, that he is leading the way, and that he will never leave us. So when God told Moses... That you're in the palace now, but you're going to go lead my people out of bondage. Like, what? I've, I've got, to leave, I got to leave all this good, cushy life that I've got that you provided for me, and I'm going to lead these people out? That's a huge change. No doubt he had fears and anxieties. He struggled with that. We know that he struggled mightily with that. God, I can't speak to people. I can't talk to people. I can't lead. And God said, I'll show you. I will lead you. I will be with you. And so when we go through those changes in life, when you, when you think you can't, when you think you can't take on those changes, God says, yes, you can, because I'm going before you. I will lead you. So here we have this entire nation, this entire group of people that have had the same leader for 40 years. They have the same person that, that they put their burdens onto. They have the same person that they've, that's led them, that, the same person that's went to God on their behalf, and he says, peace out. I'm not going. Me and God got you here. God led us here. I led you. But this is where my journey ends. And no doubt you could, you could probably feel the anxiety of the people. What's going to happen to us now? How are we going to take over the promised land? Because on the other side of that river was armies. There were nations, there were idols, there were shiny things to distract them. How in the world are we going to be able to take care of ourselves without Moses? He's saying, I'm going to leave someone to guide you and lead you. And God will be with them. So the fear of transition, the fear of change was real for the Israelites here. And it's true and it's real for us today. Every Thing that we go through, every change, every transition that we go through, we can't take that on our own. We can't take that on, we have to turn it over to God. 
And I think about it. I don't like thinking about in the future too much because, again, I don't like to deal with change. One day our leadership here at Grace will change. Teachers change. Music ministry changes. We're going through a transition right now. And whatever that season of change is in your life, God has a purpose. God has a reason. He knows what he's doing when we do not. We have no control over that, but God is in control of everything. We cannot fear that change. He is in control. We can't think that far in the future. We don't have the same perspective that God has. Thank the Lord that we don't. But we have to have the faith that we know that he is leading us, that he's going before us. And then we just have to walk behind him. We have to walk in his path. We can't try to pass him up. We can't stay in the past. We have to walk behind him. He was leading his people and he leads us. So I thought of all these changes. Just thinking about them scares me. And it scared the Israelites. But he is in control. And no doubt they thought, what in the world are we going to do? What hope do we have? Moses, are you sure you can't go? Are you sure you can't lead us? But he reassures them by telling them, not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. He will be with you, that he will provide for you. Trust in him, that he is going to provide a new leader. And so we're going to see in verse 7 and 8 that he provided a new leader. Then Moses called for Joshua. And as all as Israel watched, he said, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to you. Be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. You can do this because I'm going before you. You can lead these people because I chose you and I will be with you. You can do these things. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Verse 23, then the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, with these words. Be strong and courageous for you must bring this people out of Israel into land I swore to give them. I will be with you. See, Joshua was going through a season of change. He probably had that moment like I did. He probably blacked out. He probably felt like passing out. God, I can't, I can't do that. But yet he was probably all excited at the same time that God chose him to do something this amazing. He's going through a change. He's going through a transition. And the same thing is said over and over again. Be strong and courageous. Not in yourself. We can't be strong and courageous in ourselves because God goes before us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. What hope do we have? So this situation would be like me saying, uh, see, we need a new president. Jeff, you're going to be president. Congratulations. (laughs) You've got one vote. You've got one vote. But imagine, imagine if someone come to you and said, you're going to be president. You're going to lead everyone. That's what Joshua was feeling. Huge responsibility. No doubt he started feeling those fears and anxieties of change. What? No, God, I'm comfortable helping Moses. I'm, I'm good at helping Moses. And see, sometimes he wants that change in our lives for a reason. That he is in control. He is in control over those changes. 
takes me back to when Pastor Dennis first told us a long time ago about his 2020 vision and how he wanted to have a preaching team. And then he going to start stepping back. And I had no idea that he was talking to me at that time, but yet I did have an idea that he was talking about me, that he was talking about Teresa, and that Jeff would come along later and he was talking about Jeff. Those fears and anxieties were real. I could feel God working then. I still have those fears and anxieties up here. I still have those fears and anxiety when I teach upstairs because if I forget that God is going before me, that God is leading me, that those fears and anxieties take over, I have to have the faith to know that He is in control. He is in control. So it doesn't matter what ministry that you're in. It doesn't matter if you're in the coffee ministry, if you're in the worship team, whether you're going to be up on stage before you know it, whether you're going to be teaching upstairs to the youth or to the children's church. And some of you may be sitting here right now and you're feeling those same fears and anxieties because God is leading you somewhere that you're not comfortable of going. He is wanting to further his ministry through you. And change is scary. The thought of you having to change your life, having to change the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you act is scary. It's uncomfortable. But God has a plan. Those fears and anxieties, he said those are natural. But be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous enough to start that new ministry that I'm calling you to start. Be strong and courageous enough to start that new small group that I'm calling you to start. That I'm going before you. I'm going ahead of you. I'm in control. And it's important because they all further his kingdom. They all further his kingdom. So so we see just like God reassures us, he reassures Joshua. Joshua, in fact, you can and you will lead these people. Not because of who you are, Joshua. You're a cool dude and all. You're good. But I am going to go before you. I will lead you. I called you to lead my people. And he says, I will be with you. I will be with you. Joshua, I'll help you lead my people. Now, we can't just stay in the Old Testament today. So we're going to go to Matthew 28. And I don't think this is up on the Sky Bible. but it, I think this just ties in so completely to what he's telling us what Joshua's going through, what we go through when we go through a season of change. Since Jesus came and told his disciples, just as Moses and Joshua gathered the people around and said, look, we're going to go through some changes. Leadership's going to change. Your, your home is not your home now. You've got you to look forward to what I'm promising you. You've got to have the faith to know that I'm going before you. Things are going to change. It's going to be a little uncomfortable And Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations. So our ministries, our small groups, those uncomfortable situations, those changes in our life, makes disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given them. And be sure of this. I will be with you always, even to the end of age. See, Jesus is telling them, I will be with you. I'm going to leave. 
but I will be live with you. His Holy Spirit is with us right here today. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. So the same message that Moses has given his people in Deuteronomy is the same message that he's given to us today. That the Holy Spirit is here and he will go before you. That we don't have to worry about the future because he has it under control. When we think we can control it, we can't. He has it under control. We are okay because Jesus said, I am going before you. Our circumstances may change. Our situations may change. Our jobs may change. But one thing never changes. God is with us. Jesus went before us and he died for us. Our circumstances change. But his love for us and his promises to us never change. His Holy Spirit's always with us. And see, I see, I think it's fitting that the last words that Moses tells his people, the last words that God gives Moses to tell his people out of this big sermon was a song. And see, I think Moses was afraid right here because you know that he even dealt with speaking to people. Lord, I can't, I can't speak to people. I can't talk good. And now you want me to sing? That's going to be my last? I'm going to sing? But it's fitting. See, that God's song is for everyone. And the reason for the song is so that we keep our focus on him. That we keep our focus on the words that he's telling us. That we keep our worship on him and nothing else. Because the distractions of the world are easy to tune into. And they're easy to focus on. But we need to focus on his song. On his song. Because he is in control. He is in control. He's worthy of our praise. Songs to be repeated over and over and over again in their lives. Chapter 31 now. I'm sorry, chapter 32. But before we get into that, Think about songs. So we have their, their hero, Moses, in the situation. And I said, they were standing on one side of the river and the other side of the river. They were, they were looking at armies. They, they were going to have to attack. They were looking at idols they were out to take on. See, he knew God's people. that They were going to listen to the song. They were going to repeat the song. They were, going to, they were going to memorize the words. But yet he knew that his own people were going to forget him. That they were going to turn to those idols. They were going to turn to those shiny things. Just like sometimes we fall short. And we turn to idols. We we turn to shiny things. And we don't keep our focus on him. But the song is repetitive. It's repetitive. Could you imagine what they're going through this time of change? And they get a song. It's It's like a coach in halftime. You know, they need a speech. Could you imagine if a coach says... Okay, we're going to break out into song. Could you imagine the players in the locker room? No. No, that's not what... They needed a battle plan. We need, we need a plan. We need something that's courageous. We need to be uplifted. We need some, we need some fire lit under us. But you give us a song? But there's a reason songs get stuck in our head. It's a reason that there's commercials 
And most commercials have songs or jingles, right? It's like, Nationwide is on your side. I don't even have Nationwide, but yet that's the only insurance I know because of Peyton Manning and that song. It's a purpose, right? It's so you memorize it. Those words are important. And we see that on a daily basis. Or if I said, sweet Caroline. Okay, much better than first service. They were asleep. (laughs) But the thing about that is everyone knows that song or, or parts of it. But what we don't know is who is Caroline and why is she so sweet? No one knows that. But those words, we, we memorize them. And see, those words are hollow. God's song, it's to be repeated over and over and over again. It's to be a witness to our lives and a witness to who God is. We cannot forget those. We cannot let those be hollow words. And sometimes they do. Because when we don't keep our faith and our focus on Him. God wanted His people to meditate on this song. Even though He knew as they were singing the song, as they were teaching their children the song, as they repeated the song over and over and over again, that these words would become hollow. They would forget what these words mean. They would say them, but it wouldn't mean anything. It wouldn't be part of their lives. They knew the words. They knew sweet Caroline, but they didn't know anything about Caroline. God's song cannot just be empty words. It It has to have action. See, God is worthy of our praise. That's why chapter 32, this entire song, it's a long song. I should have the worship team come up here and read it. And I can't go through all of it today. But it's to be repeated. There's a reason for it. That's why worship and singing our praises to Him is so important. It's so important. That's why we begin our service with songs of praise and worship. And we end our service with praise and worship. Most of you forget most of the things that I say today. But you're going to remember the words of the songs. You're going to remember praising God. It's going to be a witness to you. It's going to be a witness to your life. It's going to be a witness to others. Because you meditate and you memorize those words. And it makes you realize, oh, I remember. I'm going through this change, but you said you'll never leave me. That you're going to be with me always. You're going to remember those songs. We could do an entire sermon series on this song. That worship is so important. I'm going to start verse 1. A couple of verses. This is the first verse of Moses' song. And it starts with, listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Now, I wasn't there, so I don't know if he's actually like in tune. I don't know, what, I don't know if he's singing in G or what. I don't know if he, he could be rapping, which I, that'd be cool. Let's go with that. He's rapping. Doesn't, it doesn't say. It says, listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Let my teaching fall on you like rain. See, Moses was a poet and he didn't know it. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass. Let gentle showers on young plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. There's a lot of weird words in there, right? That first song, talking about rain, dew, providing. See, there's a reason that songs 
you know, kind of have hidden meanings sometimes is to make you think on it. Like why they just didn't, you know, why didn't they just sing God is good, God is great, and go on? Well, see, do reminded them of manna. Because when the manna came down from heaven, when God provided for them, when the people were wandering around the desert and they were starving to death, he provided manna. And that manna fell on the ground like dew in the morning. And they would pick it up and they would gather it and they would make different breads out of it. But then what happened? They started to complain. I'm tired of manna. Man, I'm tired of manna. I want steak. And see, that's just like us. God can provide for us all we want, but sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we want more. And see, God knew that. That's why he put that in the first verse of the song. I'm providing for you, but yet one day you're going to grumble about it. One day you're going to complain about it, but yet I still love you. I'm still going to provide for you. I'm still going to lead you. I'm still going to go ahead of you, but memorize these words. And see, they knew when they heard the word do, it instantly reminded them of manna and how he provided them, how he fed them. When they necessarily did not deserve it, he fed them. They were his people. We are his people. He wants to feed us. Rain. Which you, he's saying be, you should be like plants getting watered. And I think it's, it's so fitting that you have these people that were wandering in the desert for 40 years. And the first verse of this, this song, God Moses is talking about dew and water and rain. There's a purpose for that. That he feeds them, he provides for them, and he gives them water. That rain should flow over them. That his words should flow over them. That his word, his words to the song should flow over them. That it should settle on us. That we get watered with God's word. See, we can't live without it. See, our lives without the word of God, our lives without the teachings of God, without listening to his word, without singing his praises is like a transition of drought. It's a season of drought, and we need his word to feed us, and we need his word to to quench our thirst. Because without it, we have dry mouths and we have hungry bellies. We need that. This whole song, he starts out with that, that the Lord provides. We can't live without it. Our lives are empty without it. Verse 4. I love this part. There's a lot that I love in here. I'm going to say that a lot. So sometimes we give you guys homework. Your homework is to go through and read chapter 32 and sing this to yourself and listen to these words and what it's saying to you. Verse 4, he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything that he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How upright he is. How upright he is. See, I love that because he describes himself as a rock. Again, keep in mind, they're in a desert. They're walking around, and all around them is sand. Unstable ground. Nothing to cling to. If you want to have a good laugh, when Michael King talked to him about sand, he hates sand so much, it's funny just to get him started about sand. But sand can be aggravating sometimes. Amen? I love the ocean. I love going to the beach. But sand is aggravating. It gets everywhere. It's everywhere. It goes home with you. It goes in your car. And you come back to Tennessee and you've got sand all over the place. You took real estate with you. 
No doubt these people, these children of Israel, they were getting tired of having sand in between their toes. They wanted something firm. They wanted something firm to stand on. They needed solid ground. They were tired of walking on sand. And God's saying, I am the rock. All through your wandering in the desert, all walking in in sand, I am the rock. They spent 40 years wandering in it. Every step of the way was aggravating sand, sand, sand. They longed. They so wanted something firm, something permanent. They wanted a solid foundation for their home. They were getting promised this promised land to stay, to be on something solid. God's telling him, I am the rock. I'm the only solid thing that you can cling to. I never change. I'm the one that never fails. I'm the solid foundation that you can cling to. Everything else, the idols, the shiny things, people, circumstances, that they're all sand. Sins, that's all sand. I'm the rock. He's telling us he is solid, he is firm, he is unmovable, and he is never changing. People, things, circumstances, situations, they change, but the Lord does not The Lord does not change. Malachi 3.6, he says, I am the Lord and I do not change. We as humans, we change all the time. People change all the time. We change our minds constantly. We change our directions constantly. We change what we do, how we dress, how we talk. But yet he never changes. He never changes. Our jobs may change. Our social status may change. Our relationships may change. Our plans may change, but he does not. Our sins and our fears and our anxieties keep us on the sand. They keep us on that unsteady ground. But he's saying, come to me. I am your rock. I am your firm foundation. I am the only thing that's unmovable in your life. And that sin keeps us on sand. Our sin keeps us on sand. And without him, we can cling to nothing that's firm. And for someone that struggles with change, this is a huge relief. This is a huge relief knowing that no matter what changes occur in my life, no matter what changes occur in your life, he is the rock and he is firm. He never changes. And he uses those teachable moments. He uses those changes in our lives. That he uses those pains in life to make us stronger. So that when he says, be strong and courageous, It's not just a feeling that we have. We're strong and crazy because of him. That he goes before us. That he leads us. I got to keep going. Verse 11 and 12. So he's a rock and now he's changing now. He says, like an eagle that rouses her chicks. And some uh, versions it says that he stirs up the nest. And he hovers over her young, and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. And it goes on to say, He nourished them, He fed them, He gave them. I love that. God saying, I am that eagle. I am that eagle. I nurture you, I take care of you, I feed you, I nourish you. And all through this song that we see that God's telling how good he is and how great he is, but he also points out to the children of Israel on how wicked they are and how many times they're going to turn their backs to him, but yet he keeps going back to them. 
just like he does with us. Even though we fail, even though sometimes we turn away from him, he's saying that you're my song, I am always with you. I'm with you. And said so the cool thing about eagles, I don't know if you know anything about eagles, when they make a nest, it's usually high up in the tree. And the eagle makes this nest really, really comfortable for her eaglets. They make a good foundation of sticks. And they put a bunch of feathers and leaves and grass and moss, just whatever they can find to pad that for her young. She wants them to be comfortable. She wants them to be nurtured. So she'll go and get food for her young and bring it to them and drop it in their mouths. And then eventually what the mother does is she'll fly and drop food in the nest and they'll have to fight over it. They'll have to compete over it. They'll have to learn how to do for themselves. Yet she still provides. And then she starts to stir up the nest. She starts taking comfort out of the nest. She starts taking feathers and grass and moss out of the nest so that those eagles start to get uncomfortable. That they start to move. She does this from the inside, from the center of the nest. And see, God does the same thing in our own lives, that he starts to stir us up from the inside so that our outside can change. So she's stirring up the nest on the inside so those eagles start to move closer and closer and closer to the edge of the nest so that one day they can take flight. Because the eagles are a national bird. Eagle is not made to stay in the nest See, in the nest, everything is provided. Everything is provided. But see, faith doesn't grow through comfort. It grows through crisis. It grows through change. And see, sometimes God takes your life and he stirs it up. He stirs up your nest to make you uncomfortable, to make you make changes in your life. It doesn't feel good, but change can be uncomfortable. So what's God trying to tell you today? As he's stirring up your life, what's he saying to you? See, God often stirs up our nest. That's supposed to be nest. I don't, I don't know it. I, that's my bad. But he stirs up our nest to prepare us for flight. He wants us to soar with wings like eagles. He's a rock. He's solid and firm. But sometimes he makes us uncomfortable. He stirs up our hearts. He starts to change us from the inside. He changes us on the inside so that eventually those changes can permeate on the outside and others can see him through us. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes that change is uncomfortable. Going to school or work and being someone different that's changed, that your nest is being stirred, that your life is changing because God's calling you into a different job or God's calling you into a different ministry. He's stirring that nest up. He's teaching you something. He's wanting you to learn that he is your rock, that he has everything under control. And see, staying with eagles. Eagles have this awesome vision, right? They can see things from way off. They have eagle eye. And so if they pray, they can see prey from thousands of feet, and they can swoop down and pick it up. And see, that's like the vision of God. See, we can, we can only see our present. We can only see what's going on now. We can, we can see our past, even though we try to forget it. But see, God has, has that different perspective on our lives. He sees the, 
the beginning, he sees the middle, and he sees the end. It's like going to a parade. You can watch a parade and it's coming. You can see the beginning of it, and you can wait, and you can see the middle of it. But you can't see the ending yet. You can't see the ending yet. But see, God has like that eagle vision. He has helicopter vision. He's hovering over us, and he can see every aspect of your life. He sees the beginning. He sees the middle. He sees the end. His perspective is different. See, he's in control, and he's always leading the way. He is our future. See, I heard it said like this, and this has stuck with me, and this is always going to stick with me, that God's vision in our life is like he, was, he knew you before you were born, he was present at your birth, he was present at your 16th birthday, and he was present at your funeral. He is present in all those, all at the same time. That's hard for me to grasp, but he is there at all times. He's the only one that knows that. He has a different perspective than that we do. And that's why we can sing. That when he leads us through life's changes, that we can sing his praises because of God, who he is, and what he's doing in our lives. See, we might not know what happens next. We might not know why he's stirring up our nests and changing our lives and making us uncomfortable. But we had the faith to know, like Joshua that he was going to lead and guide and direct him. That he was going to go before him. That he can be strong and courageous because he is the rock. That he provides and he's going before you. He is leading you. He saw every part of Moses' life. He saw every part of Joseph's life. He saw every part of the Israelites' life. And he sees every part of your life. The beginning, middle, and end. And see, that's, that's scary to think about the future. It's scary to think about our future. We don't even need to think about our future. We need to let him have control. Because we can make plans all we want to. We can try to make changes. We can try to make the outcome of our life better in the future. But he is the only one that has control over that. In closing, I want to read in Hebrews 11. So we know that Moses went out later on in chapter 34, and he was on the mountaintop, and he was with God, and he died. But I think he was okay with it, because he had that mountaintop experience. But listen to these words. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people, instead of enjoying fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for Christ's sake than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. See, that's one thing we can do. We can look ahead to our great reward. We can't, we can't predict our future, but we can be secure in our eternity. And that's way more important than anything that happens on this world. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. I love this part. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one that is invisible. We have to have that faith. See, God had Moses' life laid out. He was always with him. And Moses kept his eyes on the one that is invisible. And like us, like the people knew, they had a song. It was sung over and over and over again. And they were to repeat it over and over again. They were to memorize it. But it was empty words without faith. It was empty words without faith. The good news about this song, the good news from this song, 
is that, G- that God sent an even better Moses for us. He sent Jesus. He, he came to earth himself and died on the cross to lead us into the promised land. To lead us. Our future is secure in him. In him alone. So in the end, we don't see a panicked Moses. We don't see a scared Moses. We see a Moses that's calm. Even in death, Moses knew that God was in control. See, his heavenly father was going to take him to the promised land. He wasn't getting this earthly promised land, but he was getting an eternity. He was getting his eternity promised land. In Matthew 17, it says, six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain. So here we see this mountain again. As the men watched Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spake, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and said, get up. Get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. So we see the ending of Moses, right? It was just the beginning. It was just the beginning. And Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling us, don't be afraid. I am with you. I am with you. In Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, teach these new disciples to obey the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. So when we sing these songs of praise, when we share God's word to our children, see, everybody was invited to listen to this song. Not just the children of Israel. Everybody was invited. Everybody was invited. Everyone is invited to God's song. That it's sung, that it should be a reminder, that it should be a witness to their lives, to what God has done for them. And when he stirs up your life, when he stirs up and makes changes, he's making you stronger. He's leading you. He's preparing you for flight. He's saying, I'm going to provide for you, but I'm still going to teach you. I'm going to go before you, but it takes a little bit of faith. See, faith doesn't grow through comfort. It grows through crisis. Some of you in here are going through crisis right now. This song is important. It's to remind us of who he is and what he's done for us and what he's going to do for us. It's to be a witness to others. It's supposed to be a witness to our own lives because just like the people of Israel, they failed. God knew that they would fail. God knew that they would memorize the song, but they would forget its meaning. Sometimes when we face those circumstances in our life, we face those changes in our life, we forget the meaning of that song. Yeah, he says, I'm right there. You can turn to me anytime. He is there. He is there. He may be stirring up your heart today. He is there. He is there. Worship is important. 
It's like the songs that we sang this morning. I will never forget. I will never forget. You have never failed me yet. He has never failed us, nor will he fail us. That he goes before us. May his presence go before you. May his presence go before you, be around you, all around you. He is for you. He is for you. Let those sink in. Teach those words to your children. Let them soak in. Don't let them be hollow words. Let him stir up your nest. Let him change you from the inside out. Change is difficult. But Moses and Joshua kept their eyes on the one who is in control, who is the rock. They kept his eye, their eyes on God and they kept their faith in God. That's the only way they knew their future. That's the only way they could make the next step is they trusted in God because we can't control the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that was here this morning in worship. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here now. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that will never leave us. Lord, I just pray that that you're with every person in this room today, that you're with every person that's watching online. Lord, if there's one person here that, that you're stirring up their hearts, whether that be a new ministry, or if they're just accepting you today as their Savior for the first time. Lord, that they've been in Egypt for a long time. They've been wandering around the desert for a long time, that you are going to be there to comfort them. Lord, that they've been walking on sand that's unstable. They've been following idols. They've been chasing those shiny things. Lord, let today be the day that they focus in on you. And that they look at you and they look at your cross and what you did for them. And all they have to do is accept it. That on earth we may not have the promised land. That our future may not, we may not know what's going to happen. But we know what's going to happen. We know that our eternity is going to be secure because what you did for us on the cross and that awesome gift, we thank you for that. Lord, we just thank you so much. Be with us today as we go out, as we share your gospel, as we share your song. Let it be a witness to you. Let it always speak to our lives. Lord, continue to stir up our hearts. Don't let us ever get content. Even though we may fear change, even though we may have anxieties, Lord, let us look to you and know that you are leading and guiding and directing us and you'll never leave us or forsake us. In your name we pray, amen.